0: You're listening to the Happy Doc Student Podcast, a podcast dedicated to providing clarity to the often mysterious doctoral process. Do you feel like you're losing your mind? Let me and my guests show you how to put more joy in your journey and graduate with your sanity, health, and relationships intact. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Frederick, and today I welcome Maria Stefaniti. Maria is the CEO of Your Dissertation Coach, a coaching and consulting firm that helps undergrad, postgrad, and doctoral students overcome procrastination, prevent burnout, and implement powerful productivity systems to achieve their academic dreams. She is also the author of Start Writing, Keep Going A Guide to Overcoming Dissertation Procrastination. Through the use of mindset, time management, and clarity coaching, she helps students set clear goals, develop a solid action plan, and move through their higher education journey with focus, ease, and most importantly, enjoyment of the process. Maria, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Heather. It's so nice to be here. I'm super excited about this episode and about being a guest of yours.
0: And I am so excited to have you here today because procrastination is a huge factor and I just devoured your book. We're going to get into some specifics there, but I love how you break it down and really give some tactical strategies so that students can move forward. But before we get into the meat of that, why don't we spend just a couple of minutes of you explaining how it is you found your calling as a dissertation coach?
1: Well... Actually, I love supporting and helping students, you know, face their fears and overcome procrastination and achieve their academic dreams while they're having fun, which is the, I think the element that I, I didn't quite get when I was doing my dissertation, but it was like a calling to me because all my fellow students asked me, questions about the dissertation. And I was answering, you know, thinking that it's normal, that I knew how to organize my time or what the next steps would be. So even more and more people started asking me questions about the dissertations. And I was like, why don't I do something about it? And then COVID hit. And I started a proper business. I finished my studies in coaching. And now for the past two years, I have been officially the CEO, of your dissertation coach. I was doing it as a side hustle because it seemed like a lot of students needed my help. And then just, you know, something, if it comes so naturally to me, why not I make it a proper business? And that's how it all started. I
0: love that story. And it's so clear that you're in line with your purpose when I see your LinkedIn posts. And again, when I read your book, because we know that statistic, that 50 percent statistic, right? People start a doctoral Mm -hmm. program and almost half are not finishing it. And it goes beyond just having the skill to do it. You have to have the right mindset. You need to know how to manage your time. You need Mm -hmm. to be, you know, self-motivated. You need to know how to take that feedback And so you really saw a need here and you're filling that need with your skill set, which I just think is so beautiful. And of course, given the name of the podcast, The Happy Doc Student, I love that you focus on finding moments of joy in the journey. You acknowledge, look, it's not always going to be rainbows, right? And lollipops, but there are moments where you can really enjoy this process and heck, why not? So Maria, let's start with, procrastination. What is it? How does it impact students? What does the research say? Whichever way you want to take the conversation, let's just talk about this elephant in the room of
1: procrastination. Sure. It's it's definitely a popular topic, which comes up in almost all my sessions. So yeah, I will gladly talk about that. And I want to start by giving you my definition of dissertation procrastination, which actually is the act of delaying or putting off the work that needs to be done in order to complete one's dissertation. So it's it's a form of academic self sabotage that can have serious consequences, including, you know, delayed graduation, or missed opportunities, or financial issues might come up. Dissertation procrastination is one of the biggest impediments I have come across to success in higher education students. It doesn't matter if you're smart or if you know, you know, you have experience like it's your third degree. If you're prone to procrastination, your dissertation will suffer and so will you. It's a very important issue because it sabotages your productivity, undermines your growth, causes stress and anxiety. You might develop some health issues and it's my pleasure to offer to higher education students a different tactic to overcome the dissertation procrastination.
0: Yes. Yeah, so and Maria, as you were talking, I was reflecting on so many of the guests who have come on. will share things like during my dissertation writing stage, my house was never so clean or <laughs> you, you find all these things that just need to be done before you sit down to write that dissertation. And what I really appreciated about your book is you took time to delineate different types of procrastination so that the student can say, ah, this is what my block is, this is what my barrier is, and then giving them tactical solutions how to overcome that barrier. So maybe we can spend a few minutes kind of going through the different types of procrastination so the listeners can start identifying, yeah, that's me.
1: Sure, sure, gladly. Uh, First of all, let me say that these five types are the five types that I have come across most frequently while working with higher education students. So, yeah, hopefully you you will find your type and, you know, get into the mood that it's time to overcome that dissertation procrastination thing. The first type of dissertation procrastination is trivial procrastination, which occurs when a student works on things that should not, be the focus or the priority. And the second type is confused procrastination, which occurs when a student is in the middle of writing drafts and trying to figure out how to proceed with their dissertation. The third type is the time crunch procrastination, which is distinguished by the lack of time management skills and the tendency to put off tasks until the last. Possible moment. And I stress that because I have come across this type of procrastination very often. So let's move on to type number four with insecure procrastination. And the student might feel a little bit of insecure or self doubt creeping in and making it difficult to get started or stay motivated. And the last type is. The unorganized procrastination, which deals with the lack of structure and it's it's challenging for the students to identify what they have to specifically do as the next steps, what needs to be done.
0: So, listener, as you were hearing Maria talk about those five different types of procrastination, you may be seeing yourself in one, two, or I'm guessing, Maria, multiple categories. Does that happen? Do you see that frequently?
1: (laughs) So, yes, Heather, you're right. It's definitely possible to experience more than one type of procrastination at the same time. So, for example... You may find yourself, uh, you know, avoiding tasks due to confusion because you don't know what to do next, but also because you don't have enough time for them. So time crunch and confused procrastination combined could create a toxic cycle that makes it difficult for you to finish your dissertation on time. I'm going to even
0: go so far as to say if at all. Because I have seen students procrastinate to the point where they run out of time. Most programs have a time limit from your enrollment date to when you need to have your degree completed. And sometimes, again, I'm going to go back to this idea that it's often not a skill set. A lot of the students that I see not finish are not finishing because they're struggling with all of the things that you talk about in your book. From procrastination to the emotional roller coaster ride. And I want to make a point again of saying one of the things that I really appreciated about your book is it helps the student really hone in on where am I procrastinating? And then you give them some tips on how to overcome this. And why I think this is so important is because often as a faculty member, You're really focused on the content and meeting certain milestones. You may not have the luxury of time to really sit down with a student and say, let's talk about the different ways you might be procrastinating. And even if you did have the time, often students tell me they're not comfortable having that conversation with their faculty because they're afraid it's going to negatively impact them, right? That they're going to be viewed and stereotyped in a certain way. So you really come along as, This academic coach, it's like a life coach for your academic part of your life to help establish these mindsets that you need to get through this. Would you be willing to share some of the favorite tips and techniques, tricks that you share with your clients to combat some of this procrastination?
1: Sometimes when I talk to students about procrastinating, they're being very defensive, like, no, I don't do it. And then, you know, I coach them on, Where their time goes. So it's a huge revelation to see how much time you spend on things that are not dissertation related or thesis related. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense then that there is no time for them to finish the dissertation because it's hard work. I get that. Everyone gets that. But the thing is that you have to be determined to do the hard work. While having fun. Okay. Yeah. But the main thing is that you have to commit, make a commitment. First of all, to yourself and, you know, do the hard work. So definitely you have to identify the time wasters because they might be, you know, creeping in your schedule and you don't even realize it. I'm not going to say again about priorities. Yes, it's huge. But first, you have to identify the time wasters. And once you do, you have to get them out of your schedule, like delete them.
0: I'm curious, Maria, because you work across continents here. You're very international. Mm-hmm. I know what I've experienced here in America, but I have to ask, is technology kind of the social media type stuff? TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, are those some of the main time wasters that come up?
1: Yes, definitely. And especially before going to sleep, which I always stress that you need to rest because it's it's really hard work and it's demanding. So you need to take care of yourself and all that. But the sleep thing, you know, I think they call it this sleep procrastination. It's like, getting on social media and forget that you know you're feeling sleepy and like one or two hours just pass by and you don't even notice so yeah it could be during the day but I come across that just before you go to sleep because students think that it can relax me and I can do no the research shows otherwise so yeah your time, yeah, just before you go to sleep on social media or on your phone in general.
0: Or Netflix.
1: Or Netflix, yeah, definitely. That's
0: the one that I will gravitate to. And I will do exactly that, Maria. I'll say, I just need to relax. I had a stressful day, but you're right. You look at the clock and next thing you know, an hour or two hours has gone by and sleep is critically important for consolidating information. So I love this first tip of, Maybe setting a time, deciding right now, listener, when are you going to be off screen so that you can get to bed and get restorative sleep? Love Mm -hmm. that tip.
1: Uh, But at the same time, I am in, you know, I'm a huge fan of Netflix and TikTok and all that. But you can use those as a reward for the hard work that you have already done you know, not before you even do it because then you will not do the work. So maybe if you manage to accomplish something, you know, big or even small, you can reward yourself as as long as you set the time for 30 minutes off on TikTok or Instagram or whatever, or just one episode and you commit to yourself and you actually do it. It works perfect as a reward because you can't wait to finish No, digitization-related tasks to go watch an episode or spend some time to cool off.
0: And I think reward systems are really important during this stage Mm -hmm. because they do two things. They acknowledge that you're going to give yourself permission to enjoy something, Mm -hmm. right? And maybe it is TikTok or an episode on Netflix. But it builds in acknowledging that you're making progress. And it's Mm -hmm. so easy to lose sight that you've made progress. So if you say, I'm going to work on my dissertation for an hour on Saturday in exchange for Mm -hmm. 15 minutes on TikTok, when you're watching your TikTok, you're providing evidence to yourself that you're moving forward. And I think that's so important because there's this feeling of overwhelm. Will I ever get done? But if you take time to acknowledge baby steps, it Mm -hmm. can be the fuel that motivates you to keep going.
1: Yes, I totally agree with that one because um, I see they, you know, they push themselves too much in order to finish the dissertation. They don't reward themselves. They don't take breaks. Every student should find their rhythm and everything fits in your calendar as long as you, you know, there will be periods that you will focus on your dissertation and there will be periods that you will focus on rest and doing something else. It doesn't have to be all the time. Dissertation on for like six months, no going out, no social life, no entertainment. No, no, that's two hops. You don't need to go there. And at the end of the day, if you choose to do that, you will end up burned out and super tired and exhausted, and it's not going to go well. So take care of yourselves, definitely. And reward. Don't forget that you are doing all the work. So, reward is super important. That's something
0: that comes up often on these podcasts as well, bringing in periods of rest. And maybe you're going to hit it really hard for a three week period when you're out in the field collecting data. And so, maybe you have to say no to some happy hours or date nights for those three weeks, but it's a a set period of time that you know. But at the end of that season, Mm I'm going to strike balance again, and I'm going to rest, and I'm going to restore, and I'm going to make sure that I'm spending some time on not just myself, but my relationships. You don't want to finish that degree and be Dr. Fill in the blank and look around you and just have a battlefield of destroyed relationships because you weren't there, right? So striking this balance is so important, and you give suggestions throughout your book about how to do this in a very human way. And how to have compassion with yourself as you're going through this. Yes, arduous journey, but it's possible, totally possible to go through it with moments of joy. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But you have to be intentional. <laughs> if people are wondering, where is my joy in this journey? My question to you would be well, how are you intentionally building in these things like rest and rewards?
1: I love routines and I love. Talking about routines, because it it took me a long time to find mine, uh, because it involves a lot of experimentation and, you know, trying this one and trying the other one. And if you're an early bird and an owl and whatever, and it's, it's a combination of a lot of things. But I try to do that through establishing routines and especially study routines. Because once a student wants to work with me, we go over their schedule and we see, you know, where there's time available for dissertation related tasks and how they can build a routine that once they know that it's Monday or Tuesday or any day of the week, they can sit down. Maybe start journaling first. Maybe there's no time for journaling. I get that too. And maybe they have an intro just to get into the mode of studying. It can be a song. It can be a candle. It can be anything that makes you very relaxed and ready to start working. I think when we start studying, it's it's something like um, when it's very cold, and you have to turn the key to your car to, you know, just get the little bit of heat, not start like right away. I think it's the same thing with studying. You need a few minutes, five, ten, fifteen minutes to get a warm-up and then start working super focused on your dissertation, and then take a break and then start again. And once you establish a routine. You get into that mode that it's time for me to study now.
0: Yeah, it's for like example. it's a trigger. It's telling your yeah, body absolutely. and your mm-hmm. mind, oh, this is where I'm supposed to be. I am a huge fan of routine, but also what I'm going to call ritual. Yes. Before I start my podcast, I have a certain candle yes. that I light. I do a five-minute little exercise that helps me just be here and be present. And I think those are small tips that don't take a lot of time, but can have a profound impact on where your mind is while you're tackling this very intellectually taxing task. Mm -hmm. What a coach like yourself brings to this mix is not just helping people understand how to do that and help them actually do it, but I would think accountability would be huge. I can come up with these grand master routines that I say I'm going to do, but if I don't have accountability, it's so easy to not do them. Even though I know I'm going to feel great when I do it and there's rewards for me at the end, if I don't have someone that I'm checking in with, maybe it's every day, every couple of days,
1: I can find that life just has a way of taking over my routine. Yes, that's, that's true because you prioritize other things rather than your dissertation and it can be easy for life to take you somewhere else. So accountability is super important. I use a platform that I communicate with the students every two days, every day with some of them, they can choose, but accountability is super important because they are waiting for my message. (laughs) Have you done anything? Yes. yes. Uh, Accountability is super helpful.
0: It's true. There's nothing like having a meeting scheduled to force you to get things done, right? (laughs) So I think that that would be a huge benefit. Maria, you have so much to offer students out there. Again, maybe you had this great curriculum, you've got a supportive committee, but you know there's a way that you can be traversing this journey where there's more ease, where there's less overwhelm, where there's less stress. I'm going to encourage you to check out Maria's book. She's got a lot of free links at the very front of the book. So I'm going to put the link to Amazon in the show notes and you can see that first page and get some of these free offers that she has. Also in the show notes, you will find a link for how to schedule a free half hour consultation with Maria to see if this might be exactly what you're looking for to see if you guys are a good fit. But Maria, before we sign off, I'm wondering if you have Any final words of wisdom or a quote, maybe one of your favorite quotes that you'd like to leave the audience with?
1: What I want to share with your audience is that they have to be patient. They have to be prepared to work hard. And it can actually be fun. Just because it's academic work, it doesn't mean that it can't be fun. and. Fun is super important in life. So I always tell the students that I work with, you know, don't forget to have fun until you see me again.
0: And, you know, Maria, I think that there is a culture that I experienced way back in the day, 20 plus years ago when I was getting my degree. But I've seen it in other places that I've worked where there almost seems to be this culture of you have to suffer for this degree. You know, this is a degree that doesn't come easily. And so sometimes suffering is even worn as a badge of honor. And when we say find joy in this journey, or don't forget to have fun, we are not downplaying the seriousness of the degree or ignoring that there's going to be difficult times. But I think we're saying, hey, guys, you're here. Every day is precious. And I come to you saying that having just recently lost my father and really understanding how sacred each moment is and not to be overly Pollyanna about finding these moments of joy or happiness, but to say, this is a journey that you've chosen to be on because it's part of your life purpose. And so don't forget to pause and find those moments. Where you allow yourself to enjoy it. And Maria, that message and that paradigm just oozes out of everything you do. And that's why I really enjoyed your book and encourage the listeners to pick that up and see how they might be able to infuse some more joy into their journey. So thank you for spending your time with us today. It was such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to connecting with you on the next episode. Until then, if you're looking for more ways to invite joy in your journey, check out the free resources at expandyourhappy.com. You'll find downloads like an article I wrote titled The Doctoral Journey, 12 Things You Need to Know That They Probably Won't Tell You. You'll also find a PDF that organizes all podcasts by the seven steps detailed in the Happy Doc Student Handbook which you can also find on the website. Finally, if you're looking for a happy doc student swag, I've got that too. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and YouTube channel. And if you want to make my day rate and review so that together we can change the way doctoral education is delivered and experienced. Hey, one more thing, just a quick reminder that the information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only.